Okay. Okay, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Healthy Happy Autoimmune podcast and for today I'm really excited I have the first of what I hope will be many guests. We are talking today with Kelly Bonanno and her podcast is The Clean Beauty Scene and Kelly and I connected actually through a group of wellpreneurs online. We are actually both health coaches and so we shared that in common and actually share some other things in common that I sure will be discussing as well and I subscribed and started listening to her clean beauty scene podcast and thought that it had some really good information so I wanted to bring her on here to talk to all of you as well so without uh, any further delay on that end Kelly why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about you well first of all thank you so much for having me on your show um it's great to be here. So yes, I am a host of Clean Beauty Scene podcast, and I'm an eco-friendly lifestyle and wellness coach. So I help people reduce toxic load, <laughs> reduce toxic load, sounds so sexy, but also, you know, reducing toxic load is, it's tough because you have, it, there's a lot of education. People don't realize, not everybody realizes how detrimental the, you know, environmental toxins are to our health, and they will get into all of that, but when we reduce toxic load, we're basically improving our health. And so I take a real holistic approach and, you know, stress is also a toxin. Unhealthy diet is also, you know, very, can be very toxic. There's toxins in our food. So I'm sort of just help people detox their entire lifestyle with um, my, I mean, it's my signature program is the vibrant life method. And it's based on the seven pillars of health. So we're reducing the toxic load and also getting in an ideal weight, I, I love intermittent fasting. So that's how I help people lose weight or just maintain weight. And, you know, without drastic measures or drastic diets, and it helps with um, calming the cravings and reducing blood sugar. So it kind of goes all hand in hand with, you know, reducing toxic load. And then I also do workshops and programs for businesses. And I'm working on a book. Oh, well, that's very exciting. Yeah, I think your book will especially be really interesting. So, you know, once you have the book back, we'll probably have to have you back to talk specifically about the book and you can help promote it, encourage people to read the book, you know, that, that'll be really awesome. Oh, that'll be great. Yeah, so Kelly, start off by also telling us a little bit about yourself. So how did you get interested in clean beauty specifically? <laughs> I sort of call myself the accidental environmentalist because... I've always been somewhat health-minded and even back in the 90s, you know, before I had kids and I was a young single girl working in network television, I, I somehow did know that there were toxins in deodorant. So, you know, I was trying out clean, <laughs> like crystal deodorant that didn't work for more than a few hours, but I didn't really dive into it until a few years later, well, more than a few years later. I had my first son in 2002 and, you know, when you become a mom, you start thinking about healthy, healthier living even more, but the toxins and clean, the products didn't make the connection until I was pregnant with my second son. And I don't believe there's any coincidences. So there was some reason this email ended up in my inbox from um, California legislator, Dan Jacobson. And it, he basically was talking about all the toxins in plastics and how harmful they are. And that just kind of started me on this journey. It really woke me up. And so I started cleaning things up and going a little more green. And then that 
moved into the beauty and personal care products because then I realized, okay, all these toxins are in those products too. And we're slathering our bodies. Then I started working with a company and doing workshops, really dove into the research and education and realized that that's a big part of it is educating people on, on the whole toxic issue and not just why it's harmful, but how, how to mitigate it and, and navigate through it. And when that, let's see, that was 2005 when I was pregnant with my youngest. So that's so much has changed since then. And then I started my blog and there was not a lot of products out there that were super clean and trustworthy. Now in 2020, there's plenty, which is great. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. So that leads to, you know, the next topic of conversation that I wanted to bring up here is, you know, we all know, I think most of us have read enough about, you know, the whole chemicals and toxins and products and things like that to know that they're not all created equal, you know, some products have toxins in them that maybe are, you know, are not maybe ideal, should we say, maybe they're not even toxins, maybe, you know, they're chemicals that, you know, maybe are not the absolute best for us, but they're not the absolute worst, whereas there's other things in there that are significantly worse. So how do you know what some of the top five, if you will, worst things are, or, you know, the things that you just absolutely must avoid at all costs? That is such a great question and such a good point. And yes, there are not every toxin is created equal and there's a lot of hype and fear mongering, which I don't like. And that is not my platform at all. I do this to inform, not to scare. And yeah, so there's some toxins, like there are safe synthetics. So there's products and, and, and lines out there that they might not be plant-based and, you know, all of that and super 100% pure, but they at least are using safer synthetics and the safer chemicals. And some people, that's all they care about. There's others that, you know, they want to go completely plant-based. So a couple of the top offenders are synthetic fragrance, uh, parabens, phthalates, formaldehyde, aluminum. I mean, there's, (laughs) there's actually several. I have a top 12 top toxins to avoid list if, if people want to download that. And there's really, there's hundreds that are commonly used. And that's, that's the tricky part. But those are some of not only the worst offenders, but if you're avoiding those, you're pretty much going to be avoiding many others. Because if a company doesn't use these worst offenders, then they're, they're going to clean up probably most, most of their formulation anyway. Although some are what's known as greenwashers. So they claim to be clean and they market it like, oh, we don't use parabens, we don't use phthalates, we don't use, but then when you know your ingredients, there are toxins that they use. And the thing about fragrance, so formaldehyde, I mean, really, that's like, who would want formaldehyde near their skin? It's like, they use that to embalm dead bodies. Like, let's just keep that away from my my live body, right? (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. And fragrance is, so it's a legal loophole. The FDA says, you know what? You don't have to disclose what's in your fragrance. So companies can legally hide hundreds of toxic chemicals with just within that one word. So if a product will, you know, claim to be clean and they'll have some nice ingredients, but if it has the word fragrance or perfume or parfum, that's a red flag, unless they disclose what's in that fragrance. And then, you know, sometimes it is completely safe, but most of the time it's not. And that's one thing, like with some of my clients, they'll 
think they're using clean products. And when I, you know, kind of guide them through and go through their, their products and we, you know, kind of assess things, some of the products, yeah, they'll be super, super clean. And then you'll see that one word fragrance. And it's like, well, that just blows everything. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really tricky. It's, it's always hard to explain to people that, you know, unfortunately, how that's just how it is that the government doesn't control labeling and, and ingredients and things to the extent that people think they do a lot of times. And companies can do all kinds of tricky things when it comes to their labeling. And, you know, what you think you might be getting isn't always what you're actually getting. Exactly. And that's what makes it so difficult is, you know, conventional wisdom says, well, if it's sold on store shelves, it should be safe, which is, of course, what I used to think. And then realized the truth is there is very little regulation, really, really none. <laughs> and yeah, companies can put really whatever they want. In. And then also um, in America here, we only ban like around 19 toxic chemicals. And you know, less than 20% have even been tested for safety, yet there are thousands and thousands being used in commerce. Yeah, it's crazy. It's I coming from, you know, being essential oils being one of the big things that I educate and talk to people about. I encounter the same thing when I try to explain to people why the $5 bottle of frankincense they found at Walmart can't possibly be frankincense, you oh. know, <laughs> even though it says <laughs> frankincense essential oil on it. It's like, that's not possible. Right. <laughs> you know? And, and people just don't get it. And it's like, well, the labeling laws in this country make it to the point that if they somehow think they obtained it from a frankincense plant, even though it's got to be synthetic at that price, they can still claim that, you know. Exactly. Same kind of thing with, you know, a lot of our skincare products. So what are some of the ways that people can determine the clean, cleanliness of a product or the lack thereof for that matter? The really the best way is to just know your ingredients. And that does take some education or get some guidance on ingredients. Like some of my clients, they, they don't really want to know about the ingredients. They just want me to guide them to the clean products and the clean lines and the clean. So that's another thing is doing a bit of research, finding some of your favorite products that you can truly trust and then going from there. And you know, if even if you know like five or 10 toxic chemicals, then it's going to make shopping easier. And I always say, just kind of memorize at least five to 10. That way, when you're looking at labels, you can quickly say, oh, okay, this is safe or this isn't. And, you know, a good list of clean products to recommend and trust is always the safest bet. And then it also depends if there's no one size fits all. Because, you know, you might have oily skin or dry skin or have breakouts or, you know, have fine lines and aging and or psoriasis or eczema. So that's another thing is there's there's many layers. There's no one size fits all. So it all depends. Yeah, on it, it does. Mm. It definitely makes it tricky for sure. Absolutely. So, you know, I can definitely see where there's a big market for, you know, your podcast and your blog and probably eventually your book because, you know, people are, people are starting to, I think, wake up, if you will, and be a lot more concerned about that kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, which leads to the next question, 
uh, anybody who's listened to my podcast or, you know, read my blog as well, or follow me on social media and knows that I have Hashimoto's, which is the autoimmune disease of the thyroid. I know that Kelly's mentioned to me that she has that as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we have to be really careful about is that chemicals and skin care and really even other toxins in our environment can have on anybody who has, whether it's Hashimoto's or you have some other kind of an autoimmune condition. Yeah. What about that? What are some of the biggest problems that we can encounter those of us that have the autoimmune challenges? Yeah, it's, it's so hard on, on, with autoimmune because first of all, these, these toxins cause inflammation in our body. And as you know, inflammation is the primary cause of disease and aging, both in our body and also on the outside, how we look. And it's the root cause of all disease. And so some of these toxins are straight up carcinogens. So of course, they're going to increase risk of cancer, but many of them are also endocrine disruptors. So they really interfere with your endocrine system. And I mean, as you know, it's that that's basically regulating most of the body's biological processes. It's that network of glands secreting those hormones, you know, throughout your body, stimulating and regulating the processes. So we're talking about, you know, growth and metabolism and sexual and reproductive uh, reproductive processes, mood regulation, you know, emotions and uh, our tissue function, cell growth, any number of <laughs> any place in your body. So it's kind of like Russian roulette. It's like a, these endocrine uh, disruptors good into your system and who knows what they're going to mess with anything. So it, and it definitely can lead to autoimmune disorders. And once you have one autoimmune issue, you're more susceptible to others. Now there's no guarantee yeah. that you're going to not get disease or autoimmune or what have you, but reducing your toxic load by using clean beauty and personal care products and clean products in your home is, you know, your best defense really. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's actually rather scary. I read a statistic somewhere that said that some people, they get one autoimmune disease and they get another one, another one, and they end up, you know, with like three or four different autoimmune diseases. And before you know it, that's how some people end up, you know, totally just disabled. And Oh, I know it's terrible. Not able to actually function. So it's definitely, it's definitely a challenge. And it's something that unfortunately our Western medicine and healthcare system doesn't do a good job of managing it all is the autoimmune condition. So I know it's so true. It it's they don't know how to get to the root cause. That's why I'm a big proponent of functional and you know integrative and, and holistic. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's a must. I'm blessed that I actually have a really good functional clinic that I go to here, and it's kind of funny because the main doctor, so-called quasi doctor, if you want to call it that, that I see actually, she's a nurse practitioner who used to be a midwife, oh. but she's very, very knowledgeable on, you know, like women's hormone health and all that kind of stuff. So she's, she does a really good job. Um, anyhow, so moving on to this next question here. So what would you say are a few of your absolute favorite clean skincare products? Well, the good news is there's now many on the market. Um, they, they, I mean, even just five years ago, there wasn't as, as a robust of a, a, an array. So some of my top favorites personally, and what I recommend 100% pure is a great line. 
also because they have a lot of different products. They have makeup, they have skincare, they have body care, they have hair care. So that's, that's great. And, um, Pure Haven is great. Indy Lee, uh, Anne Marie, um, gosh, I'm trying to think of, oh, Jane Iredell is great for makeup. And one great resource where you can find all kinds of clean products. I mean, there's like a, several different lines. It's kind of, a, I call it like a, a clean Sephora is Credo Beauty. And they have every, you know, so many different uh, products, both skincare, body care, hair care, makeup. And I also love Pure, Pure, Pure Adore. It's so, such great hair care and, you know, shampoo, conditioner, but they also have skincare. And I know I could go on and on. I actually have a list. I have researched and vetted many, many lines because I need, you know, good products for not only myself and my family, but to recommend like this on podcasts and to clients. So I have a, a pretty comprehensive list on my site. Uh, and I'm sure you'll put that in the show notes. It's just my clean beauty recommendations. And I, you know, but I, it really, sometimes it's, it's trial and error. And, you know, one person is going to love one mascara and another person is going to say, no, not so great. Same with deodorant, <laughs> you know, it'll, one deodorant might work great for one person and not for another person. So it's a personal choice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's for sure. I need to check out that list myself and, you know, become a little bit more familiar with what it is. I actually pretty much never wear makeup. So to me, I'm kind of like, you know, don't use a whole lot of the right. uh, stuff anyway, but I still need to probably uh, take a look a little more at it, become a little bit more familiar with it. Could always use the, the education in that area for sure. Really, so, and it's, so it's skincare and hair care and body care. And, and that's why I say it's also for kids and men too. It's like, you know, men, most men anyway, some do, but that's fine. But we're makeup, but they're going to use all these other things <laughs> and hopefully deodorant. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah, you'd hope for sure. Yeah, it's, and I've, I've definitely noticed in the past, if you wanted any kind of a clean deodorant, you basically had to go the route of, I think it was like Tom's or something like that it was one of the first one to the market with a cleaner aluminum free deodorant or you had like a crystal or something like that. And it seems lately there's actually been an explosion of a lot more yeah. brands, especially on the clean deodorant side. So, yes. You know. And there, that's so wonderful because yeah, there weren't that many and Tom's. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of ingredients that they don't use, but there's some toxins they do use. And that's actually not a line I actually recommend because it's not as clean as they claim. A lot of purists would call them greenwashers, but you know, I don't like to call companies out, but if I'm going to be honest about, you know, what clean lines to use, then I have to steer people in the right direction. And the good thing is now there's actually deodorants that work really well. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's absolutely tricky. Yeah. And I, uh, I actually don't use Tom's myself either. I just mentioned it just because I remember right. when it was first to come yeah. on the market when they first No, you're right. It was one of the first. And that's why I think a lot of people think they're clean is because they were sort of at the forefront of the sort of green movement, even though they're not as green as, as they probably should be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and like you kind of already mentioned, you know, I mean, the crystal deodorant, I have one of those that a lot of times, you know, I've traveled with in the past just because it's, you know, smaller size, it's not considered a liquid as kind of the bigger container or whatever, but it, it doesn't always work that great. And I've noticed, you know, especially if you're outside in 
the heat a lot it's one of those you have to keep replying over and over and over again so you know it's nice yeah. to nice to have other options out there that you don't have to worry about that with. definitely yeah and i need a good deodorant that's just the way it is <laughs> i'm not one of those men like oh i don't have to use one i'm fine nope yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So then moving on to this, you know, it's a lot of what we talked about so far at this point is, you know, under the assumption that you are under control and you're able to choose the things that you're using yourself, which most of the time you can, because, you know, you're the one that buys them and you use them at your own home. But what do you do about in situations where you can't choose the product? So say you're at like a hair salon or going to a spa or massage therapist or something like that. And they're the ones that are in charge of choosing the products that are being used on Exactly. That's a great question. And that brings me to my, my, one of my top golden rules is don't stress out about what you can't control. <laughs> it's like, like, you know, I, I try to educate people, but at the same time, stress is the root of all, you know, disease and, and evil. So if we start worrying about and stressing about what we can't control, that's actually going to be worse for our health. So you know, certainly you can bring your own products. I, I do have clients that they'll bring their own hair care to the salon. I mean, even I don't do that. I mean, one time someone's going to wash my hair and it's not going to be the cleanest products. <laughs> I'm okay with it. You know, I just, I kind of, you know, you got to let things go where you're comfortable. And, you know, there's a lot of things, furniture off gases stuff. There's the chemtrails, the pesticides and herbicides that they're spraying at the parks or maybe even your next door neighbor. You can't control that kind of stuff. So what you can control or what you're eating, what you're, you know, putting on your, well, even what you're eating to some degree, if you're going to go <laughs> go out to restaurants, you still can't even control that. But the products that you're buying and using in your home and on your body, at least if, and I always say like the 80, 20 rule, if you're doing most of the healthy things around 80% of the time, then that 20% is not going to harm you so much. Now there are instances with regard to toxic load and, and, and other things where some people are super, super sensitive and they have really serious uh, toxic, you know, issues and they can't be around anything. But I'm talking about for the general everyday person, you can, I think, just relax about certain things and just focus on the things that really matter. Yeah, that's a good point. That's, uh, yeah, definitely, for sure. Absolutely. I guess as we're just talking about this, I'm just thinking back on, and this was actually probably one of my favorite episodes that you did so far. So those of you that, obviously, I'll be linking in the show notes, the information about her podcast, so you can go check it out. But she had an interview that she did uh, as of the date of this recording, it's been probably about a month now with Lauren B from Lauren B Beauty, and they were talking about nail polish. And, you know, that being one of the more notorious toxic things in fact you just smell it and sometimes from the fumes you're just like oh headache yeah <laughs> makes me think of you know hmm, I don't do a lot of manicures and pedicures but maybe the next time I do maybe I'll take my own <laughs> yes there and that's a really easy thing to do if you're going to get manicures and pedicures now now at least here in California those places are open for the time being yeah it's very easy to take your own your own uh nail polish so. Yeah, absolutely. I guess that just stands out to me as being one of the more toxic things, if you will. Right? Yes, <laughs> exactly. And it's also staying on your nails. So I do think that's more important than, you know, one shampoo, although, you know, your scalp does absorb a lot, but the nail polish, it's going to be <laughs> the toxic nail polish is, is quite toxic. 
And, you know, I just, I liken it to food, you know, your diet, what you're eating, you got to live a little bit, eat healthy most of the time, but also, you know, you're going to have your margaritas and your cheeseburgers or whatever your guilty pleasure is once in a while, because you got to live a little bit. It's, I don't, I think that if things are so restrictive, it's hard to, you know, do for the long haul. I think with every healthy habit, you got to assimilate it into your lifestyle for the long term. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that, you know, just leads to the other question I had, which, you know, personally myself, I'm pretty lazy. I'm not really much of a DIY person, <laughs> you know, and I might do some of it occasionally, but you know, what if somebody's out there thinking, hell, you know, I kind of like to experiment with the whole DIY situation. I'd like to make my own products potentially. Is that something that you would have ever done or would ever recommend? And if so, how would somebody proceed to do that kind of thing? <laughs> I'm the same way. <laughs> There are people who love it and I don't even like to cook. So I certainly don't want to make my own skincare products. It just, it doesn't appeal to me. Now that said, there are some very easy things that you can put together. If it's easy and quick, I will do it like an egg white mask or even just like fruit enzymes. You know, you like, you could just put papaya on your face, papaya with honey, simple things like that. Yes, I'll do. And I will, you know, actually, you know, research things if a client wants that. And there is a chapter in my book all on DIY because I know people love it. And so if you, I mean, there's, there's, I think there's several books on DIY clean, you know, skincare that you can do yourself. And there's companies where you can order your own like ingredients if you want to get, you know, <laughs> scientific about it. But the easiest thing is just doing stuff that's right in your kitchen. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is a lot of great information. So Kelly, tell us where the primary method is that people can get in touch with you. What primary website should they visit? We'll obviously link that in the show notes so that people can, you know, have that information and get in touch with you, get the information that you've been talking with about some of the top toxins that are in, in skincare, some of the resources for buying cleaner skincare, that kind of thing. Oh, that'd be great. So my main, my website is kellybonanno.com. It's K-E-L-L-Y-B-O-N-A-N-N-O. People often misspell, misspell my last name, but you'll have it in the show notes. And at, at the top in my menu section, there's, it says clean beauty. If you click on that, then there's tons of uh, recommendations, a lot that I mentioned here today, and then several others. I also have a, a list of, you know, eco-friendly home items and yeah. And so we can also put that top toxins to avoid in the show notes, if that's helpful. Yeah, absolutely. That would be great. Yeah. So people can go there and download. So yeah, so definitely go there, check it out. And, you know, I know that's one of the reasons that, especially as people start their healing journey from either Hashimoto's or some other kind of an autoimmune condition, one of the common things I hear is that people hear they shouldn't use any toxins. So then, you know, people stop engaging in self-care routines whether that's lotions or you know some of the bath bombs different things like that and I don't want you to do that because obviously we want you to live as the title of this podcast is healthy and happy autoimmune so we want you to be able to exercise good self-care and have fun and be able to use makeup and things like that if you want to but obviously you want to make it as clean as possible so thanks for coming on Kelly and thanks for sharing all of your amazing knowledge with us. It's obvious you've spent a lot of time and effort and years researching it. And it's 
really great to be able to learn from you. Oh, well, thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. And that is such a good point. You don't want to forego self-care and all of that just to avoid toxins. And, and the great thing is you don't have to. It's such a good point. Absolutely.